Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tell Me This. I am one of your co-hosts, Carrie Borkowski, and I'm here today to offer what we usually call a mini-sode or a short. Um, I just finished a long and productive week of travel. I went to visit Brienne, which was fantastic, and saw some sites in Maryland, stopped at Hopkins and Loyola, and just had a whirlwind tour of of some old stomping grounds. And so while Brienne and I are readying some conversations and some recordings of, of conversations we've had with some individuals for season five, I thought that I would offer just a short on just some noticings I did while I was away. So the first one, I have to say, again, I was so grateful to be around some of my colleagues. And um, as some of you may know, I teach graduate students and I've been lucky to you know have the pleasure and privilege to work with graduate students for a while now um, as part of my my regular duties. And over the past couple of years, um, moving to Loyola, I've had the pleasure of redeveloping and teaching a critical reflection for leaders course. Now I'm primarily working with educators in this space. And I have been working hard to refine and strengthen my own approach to this work, as well as my strategies and approach to to inviting others into this work and really offering different ways to do this work. And this really includes the creation of um, a mapping approach to reflection that I've been developing probably for the past... I don't know, nine months, maybe to a year, um, putting it together, getting feedback, iterating it on, iterating on it, trying it out with different groups and getting their feedback. So if you could count the pieces of this map, there are actually seven elements. But when you go through the map, um, it really comes down to, I'd say, three aspects, maybe three plus is what I would call it. So the first one, this should be familiar if any of you have have read my book. Thank you for reading my book. I'm all about the noticing, right? Noticing and naming that discomfort. And so part of the reflective mapping is in what I call in the map marking. And really all marking is is making an intentional uh, awareness, bringing awareness, an intentional noticing of a moment. It could be... Um, a feeling, an experience, an exchange of words, um, anything that could happen to you during a moment or just any moment. So the first piece of this, this reflective mapping is called marking or noticing. Now, the next several aspects of this map um, is called um, mapping, mining, mosaicing, and meaning. And really, those are four ways to collect data, right? So you do lots of noticing. And then if you could imagine, I'm using my arms in big sweep, swooping motions. You're sort of collecting up all the different kinds of data, right? And, right? and so 
this idea of mapping it out is I am I I love visuals and so you know when Brianne and I have been working on our qualitative data we've been using Jamboard to use stickies in Google to sort of you know group and throw up on the board all the different ideas that are coming up. So mapping is really just acknowledging what's in the space, right? And so sort of seeing the different players, where you are, what it feels like, maybe what you're wearing, what you're smelling, just sort of like on the surface, what is what is going on? Mining is digging a little deeper, maybe asking yourself some questions around those emotions. Mosaic is finding patterns in the data and meaning might be sort of a first step at translation, right? Not quite translation, but just maybe some wondering about it. The last step of this mapping, I like to call movement. And movement doesn't have to be forward motion. Movement could be a shift in perspective, a shift in how you think about something, how you see something. It's really intention and adjustment, right? Now there is a seventh piece that I mentioned, which is really monitoring, and that's integrated across all the steps and it's just acknowledging the importance of continuous feedback, right? So you have a noticing, a gathering of data, and then some kind of movement to sort of think about being intentional about now that you've noticed this thing, what what's next, right? So I've used this map in several workshops and in my classes. And again, like the, the mapping says, continuous feedback has been a part of this whole process. It's really the primary way that I have found um, to inform tweaks, strengths, strengthening and changing of the approach that I've been using. I love the honesty, like I can take it. Like, and I tell my students and the participants, like give it to me, even even if it's gonna hurt for a little bit, it'll, it'll dissipate and I'll appreciate the feedback later. So recently I asked a group about their experiences with the mapping and I invited again, invited them to be honest, good and bad. And I'm so grateful for a person who spoke up and they shared that it was exactly what they were afraid it would be. <laughs> and so we, the whole group had a little chuckle over this and I asked the person to tell me some more. And if I'm summarizing their comments, they said that it was a, it was a long time to spend with their own thoughts and that they do not necessarily enjoy talking to themselves that much. So I paused and I admitted that, um, you know, that was something I hadn't really considered and then I thanked her for her comment. And, you know, it was important to hear and I did thank her for her honesty and the, the group, we spent some time talking about that idea that it's it's a lot of time to be talking to ourselves. And so we talked through different strategies. We brought up the point that this was a really important noticing about, you know, themselves and that perhaps this meant that doing a little bit of thinking, solo thinking combined with some um, relational or social sort of dialogue, right? That maybe it's a trusted colleague, a trusted friend, perhaps a coach or someone coach-like who can hold that space for you as you process, right? I mean, I'll be honest, and Brianne knows this 
there are often times, um, whether it's Brianne or Susan, that I'm, you know, wanting to process something out loud with someone. So um, we also talked about this idea that the mapping by design could be broken apart, that you don't have to sit, you know, in one sitting and do all six or seven steps or even the three steps, you know, linearly. That what that's not the 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 um, intent. In fact, it's a map, a circle circle of sorts, so that you could jump around, right? And so, um, for example, if I were coaching a client with that approach um, initially, we might spend several sessions just in the marking phase, doing lots of noticing what's coming up for you, um, what what feels hard in that moment, or or what. What, um, what are you celebrating in that moment? Who was there when this thing happened, right? And then spending lots and lots of time in the data collection phase, right? Because that's really, um, sometimes we can notice something on the surface and then once we start digging in, it takes, you know, it's a journey, right? It's a, tr- it's a journey, it's a process. So my point was that you may not have to sit, um, you know, for 15 or 20 minutes or even 30 minutes doing all of those steps. Um, When I left class, I'll be honest, um, I started to doubt my approach. Um, As I said, I had spent, you know, six, nine, 12 months on this getting feedback. And I worried that the mapping was so exciting. I (laughs) I was so excited to use it and perhaps it was a failure. And for this person, perhaps it was, um, or, you know, perhaps it was some dis- discomfort in doing the, the act of reflecting and maybe something came up that it would have been fun to coach on. Um, and perhaps it was a step on that long journey that we also talked about in class. So a good friend and student shared that he spends time in his cabin writing and thinking and has noticed over the years that the landscape changes, changes slowly. He actually lives in Alaska, and I love that he shared that his cabin is right next to a glacier, which is amazing in and of itself. And he said that um, over the years, he feels like he has built a relationship with this glacier and that this glacier has taught him that change and the process of evolving and moving is slow and it can take a while and in fact he thinks that this glacier is only moving about one inch a year although he said it's moved more rapidly in the last few years so it was such a good reminder that change right and the maybe using this this mapping and even developing this reflective mapping happens um, very very slowly So as I said, I was traveling this past week, and I'm sure you're wondering how in the world does this connect to this podcast and belonging? So just hang in there with me. I attended a long and productive meeting with colleagues, and our facilitator opened the meeting with a chime and some breathing. She had one of those little bowls. I know there's a name for it, but I don't know. It was a a bowl, and it had a a thing to, to sort of tap it with. And she asked us to listen to the bowl, the tone of the bowl, until the tone ceased or disappeared. She tapped the bowl and this beautiful humming, vibrating sound emanated. And it emanated and it got softer and softer and then it disappeared. She did it once more and the same occurred. 
A few minutes later, she invited us to close our eyes or put our heads towards the ground like eyes directed to the floor, whatever felt resonant. She asked us to take one deep breath, paying attention to the inhale and the exhale. She said, pay attention to the filling up of our bodies with the air and the release. She invited us to do it once more. Now, I'm, I am accustomed to breathing exercises and meditation, but what I realized in that moment is that just two breaths, that is all it took to pause and notice. Two breaths. Perhaps I ask too much of my students in their critical reflection, or perhaps I just need to invite students to try different things. Part of belonging to self and belonging to others is connecting and being in relation to self and inviting individuals into spaces to try different things, to find ways that resonate with different folks in the room. The takeaway for me is twofold. Critical reflection and grounding, a noticing, does not have to be very long, and nor does it have to be complicated. And the second thing is perspectives. Perhaps the map is not long and complicated for some and might be just what they needed. I need to sort of be unattached to this working for everyone. I need to have some non-attachment and not cling to the success of this mapping and be in the moment with my students. In order for me to cultivate and invite belonging into this space, I need to stay curious. I need to listen. I need to ask questions. I need to notice their experiences and use that noticing as an opportunity to learn and connect. A good friend and coach reminds me often that an experience, a feeling, a thought does not have to be alchemized. We don't have to interpret it. We don't have to place meaning on it. We don't even have to understand it. We just have to realize we are in this moment, be in the moment, and sometimes that's enough. Two breaths might be all we need to pause in a moment. And maybe for that student who was feeling uncomfortable about the length of time they had to spend with their own thoughts, perhaps we shouldn't interpret any meaning or place any meaning on that moment. Maybe it's just that moment. And maybe we should all just be in that moment and stay curious about that moment. I encourage everyone who's listening to this podcast that when you think you are not able to pause meditate or reflect. You don't have the time. The kids need to be somewhere. You're running to a meeting. You're running to a class. You have to do this, that, or the other. Just try this. Focus on your breath. Just notice your breathing. What does it feel like? What do you hear? What's happening in your body? Just notice for one breath, a deep inhale, 
and an exhale. What would be the impact of trying it again? Belonging to self and others requires us to pay more attention, to slow down, to pause, to be in a moment. Not so that you can make meaning of the moment, not so you can interpret it and respond, but just so you can connect and experience this moment with yourself or another human being. Well, I had a fantastic time traveling. I was tired and it was worth it. It was great to see friends. It was great to see colleagues. It was great to be back in my old stomping grounds and sort of walk down memory lane. And it was also just what I needed when a colleague reminded me to just focus on my breath. And so when you're feeling rushed or that you don't have the time, just try it. Try focusing on the breath. And exhaling and seeing if you can just in that moment reset and reground yourself for whatever you have in store. All right, everybody, this has been a really short, short, and I hope that it resonated with you. And Brianne and I will be back soon with another conversation with some of our fantastic guests. All right, everybody, this has been another episode of Tell Me This. I am one of your co-hosts, Carrie Borkowski. Be well and take care of yourself.